welcome to everyone listening. Um, but today we're going to discuss welcome. the 2020 film, The Half of It, directed yes. by Alice Wu. Yes. Um, um, I'm Emily Walborn. I'm Nako Narder. And yep. uh, this is Half Asian, Half Hour. Boom. Boom. Theme song That's... by Ko Narder, Sister yeah. of Me. I love that I've been playing it all day. It's very good. I text last time I talked to you on Tuesday, and then I texted her and I said, "Where is it?" And she said, "I completely forgot to do it." But then she sent it to me that night. She said it took her like 15 minutes. That took her 15 minutes. My God, <laughs> it's so. incredible. I, I, I love the episodes that we've been recording. But I'm almost part of me is like I can't wait just to release them so people can hear that song. Song. <laughs> <laughs> I was very pleased. I was. I was. Yeah. It was cool. My kid's sister. Um. She hates when I call her that. She's twenty. <laughs> so the half of it uh, won the Founders Award for Best Narrative Feature at Tribeca, which mm-hmm. is the top award at that festival. It has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. understand it. It has to be... Look, here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Some of the issues I have with this movie are just that it isn't the experience that I have had, and it's not. that is fine. Like, so many people have had different experiences, and we have enough Asian representation at this point that not all of it has to be exactly what I grew up feeling. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. okay. But I kind of feel like... This is a movie that white people congratulated themselves for liking because it had all the ingredients of, like, minorities. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, Yeah, I think that and here's 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 what I'll say about it. I am a straight woman. I (laughs) I don't want to you know, I can't speak for not my experience (laughs) with with that side of things. Um, I do think that it's definitely, in terms of, like, Netflix teen movies, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is definitely better than your, oh, what was that one that Kieran and Shipko was in at Christmas? Um, that, I mean, it's, it's, like, The Kissing Booth, as much as I love that movie, (laughs) is a true wild ride of a roller coaster that is almost hard to put together in my mind as a story um so i do think that this movie is shot beautifully and it it is just a different higher quality of teen movie than i think we normally see on netflix it looks yeah visually and it also does genuinely have a lot more substance than the average Noah Centineo vehicle, for example. <laughs> for example, a perfect example. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not it's not a film for me. I think I, I, <laughs> I too. I I don't know. It's just you know it is the Cyrano de Bergerac mm-hmm. plot. Mm-hmm. I'm a Roxanne head in terms of Cyrano <laughs> ad- adaptations. <laughs> I. <laughs> I really am just a big Roxanne, so I don't, once, once, I guess it's just when I was watching this, I had no idea what it was going to be about, all I knew is that it was, people were talking about it in terms of Asian representation, and 
I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I was like, oh, this is Serena. Nah, Roxanne's way better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as a Jew, I really, sure, an Asian girl, I feel seen. But a guy with a big-ass nose played by Steve Martin, I feel even more seen. (laughs) Yeah. Bitch Magazine wrote that, quote, while these teenage-focused movies flirt with the idea of lesbian relationships, they quickly pivot before their casual interest can evolve into any fully realized romance, uh, with the film's story seeming to be more about the halfway happiness Ellie's given, maybe some acceptance, maybe a friend, maybe a first love. It's not a happy story where we were sold via the trailer, and it feels like more promises than only halfway delivered, which I think is a good thing. And I do think, yeah, a lot of times when we've seen, like, queer representation, it's just been, like, four seconds on screen of, like, two girls looking at each other and they're like queer icons and this actually was um an exploration of like genuinely giving queer people screen time and genuinely looking at how it can be hard especially in a small town and so i want to give it credit it felt more like better queer representation than asian representation maybe yeah i don't i was never like a closeted high school kid yeah yeah, I think that could be true. Um, yeah, I don't know. The When I was reading about Alice Wu, I was almost like, I think she's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because she, she, according to her wiki, she enrolled in MIT at 16 oh. and transferred to Stanford and was a software engineer at Microsoft. Oh, my God. And so there she started writing a book, but then she was like, I think this would actually be a better movie. So she she goes to UW in oh. Seattle, takes a screenwriting course, writes Saving Face, which is her first movie that won a lot of awards yeah, and yeah. is hailed as, like, I mean, this is her, the half of it is her second movie. Yeah. And so, and the half of it was on the blacklist for 2018. Right. And this was what she said about a theme in Saving Face, but I think is a theme definitely in the half of it, too. She said that she wanted audiences to leave with this feeling that no matter who they are, whether they are gay or straight or whatever their cultural makeup is, that if there is something they that they secretly wanted, whether it, it's a feeling that they could actually have that great love or whatever it is, it's never too late to have that. I want them to leave the theater feeling a sense of hope and possibility. Wow. And I think that... I, 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 she said that Saving Face was more based on her experience growing up and that there were elements of her experience in the half of it growing mm-hmm. up. Um, but I just... Yeah, I just... I don't know. I wanted... I wanted more, like... And maybe this is what Saving Face... I think this is what saving face does so maybe we should we should check that one out too um but like more of the cultural like asian representation of it Mm -hmm. and the intersectionality between her represent like her queer representation too i wanted to see i think more of that which we didn't really get in this movie and i i mean I think an argument can be made too then that we don't need to see that too, you know? I think it's like 
we come back a lot when we talk about representation of like how we need both movies that do really explore our culture and then movies where we're just you know teenagers in love too so you know it I think it could go either way yeah I wonder if I would have liked this movie more if they had not mentioned she was Asian at all and it was just about the queerness or if they had focused more time on it because it really just felt like it was sort of like shot in there a few times that like it the plot didn't feel it didn't feel like everything was working towards the same plot. It felt like a lot of stuff was like splintering off and most of the race stuff felt like it wasn't relevant to the plot at all. Yeah. And I think, I think what bothered me too about the race stuff was like almost immediately her, like her introduction is Ellie chugga chugga choo choo. And it's like, (laughs) that's what we're starting off with, like, bummer, this is like, Jesus Christ, this is what we're starting off with for her representation, which, like, Mm -hmm. it's just a brutal way to start it, I think. Yeah, I agree, and I also think, like, it is such a, like, and again, I, this absolutely is other people's experience, we know that this happens to people all the time, but, and maybe this is just like what I would have been comfortable seeing but to me it's either it's that cartoonishly racist but then you're like well I don't care about these people like if someone said something like chugga chugga choo choo to me I would be like okay you're obviously dumb yeah and like the more nuanced stuff that sucks is when it's people who are like your friends or who mean well but they say like these things and so you feel like you can't say anything because then you don't want to be rude and then you're the one causing the problem like that is just what my experience has been, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's more authentic, but it does feel more productive because I think no one is going to watch this and think, oh no, maybe I said chugga chugga choo choo to someone in high school, and maybe it wasn't okay. <laughs> like, yeah. everyone is just watching that and being like, that person's racist and nothing like me. And I don't think that yeah. that is productive. Yeah. I think another kind of separate issue I had with this movie was Aster, the mm-hmm. girl they're going after, mm-hmm. like, wasn't really a character until the end. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. And she, even then I was like, weak, yeah. lady. Yes. You're not, like, saying anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And I think I think what maybe... I don't know. I, I, For me, growing up in a small town, I know religion is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe if that element had been taken out of it, there would have been more, there would have been higher stakes, I think, in like, mm-hmm. well, maybe this relationship could happen. Or like, it could have had like an element of a little bit more exciting if she wasn't the daughter of, you know, the, I don't know what the name of her church people are, but like, he the pastor? Lord. The what? Yeah. The deacon? Ah, okay. This um, is just what I said. Fair enough. I did not go to church as a child, so. Um, but I think if that element maybe wasn't there, I think that 
the stakes could have been a little bit different in her investing mm-hmm. maybe back in Ellie as more than just a friendship. Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree. I think Aster was a complete manic pixie dream girl. And like the, even like the thing that she and Ellie had in common was that they liked the same like literature, which is like cool, but by no means the basis of a relationship. And it's okay to think that that is when you're in high school, but then you learn that it's not, and she didn't. And yeah. I think maybe my favorite scene was the one where Aster's like, Ellie, let's hang out, and they go to that, like, lagoon. But you're that, also like, yeah. sorry, why did this happen? Why did <laughs> Aster ask Ellie to hang out? They don't know each other. She just happened to be a Paul house. Like, it made no goddamn sense. It they came- don't know each other. Yeah, and then they went, like... Uh, skinny dipping it was yeah yeah interesting and I think uh, I think if religion is going to be a part of it and again I'm from a very small rural state that like you know friends of mine did get married right out of high school and have children now and you know I'm 22 and I'm like that is actually crazy that people are doing that um, and I think, like, okay, if that's going to be part of it, let's explore Aster, like, truly struggling with the fact that she's going to have to get married and probably have kids mm-hmm. very soon at the age of, like, 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And we get, like, one line of it, and she's chill with it. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, should I marry him? And I'm like, you're not, like, freaking out about your future? No. Yeah. And, and how also- that, like, closes you off? Completely. That's such a good point. And also, if, like, obviously her, I guess, fiancé was one of the funnier characters in the movie, but I was still, like, there would be more stakes. Yes. There would be more stakes if Trigg wasn't this, like, caricature, like, he just was, like, a joke. Like, maybe if it had been someone like Paul, who was, like, well-meaning, but ultimately, like, you're still not ready to marry him when you're a teenager it would have, yeah, the stakes would have been higher. But because it was just like, should I marry this absolute tool who no one likes? (laughs) Or should I go against the church? Who knows? Yeah. Because, I mean, like, okay, Aster did have a lot of screen time. Mm -hmm. But most of it was her, like, sitting and thinking. Yeah. With voiceover of her, like, literature. And I'm just like, I think there's such an interesting character there. And I do think, like, if... We want to modernize the Cyrano story. Mm-hmm. You have to also modernize the person they're going after. Because, okay. like, again, I'm a big Roxanne head. Okay, but, like, <laughs> that is the pitfall of Cyrano yeah. stories is, like, the idealization of whoever they're going after. Yeah. Yeah. Of and both if, people. If you look at the poster for the movie... Aster is in the foreground and way bigger than Ellie or Paul, but she's completely blurry. And you're like, yeah, I forgot, like, I forgot that this movie is technically about her because, like, we never, almost never consider her feelings. We're just like, you're really pretty. (laughs) Yeah. I know, and a lot of reviews I read said that the strongest part is her and Paul's friendship. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. 
Exactly. Which for the part where he, for one scene, goes, you're gay, that's a sin, you're going to hell. Actually, sorry, never mind. That was just a knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> like, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Me. Unlike, no doubt that people's experiences, I yeah. think that we just needed more time to explore that. Yeah. I, I think it was like, a, you're going to hell. Oh, actually, I googled it. No, it's good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yes, I should have Googled it before I said it, but <laughs> cat's out of the bag. I thought you were going to go to hell, but it's fine. And it's like, that's a perfectly acceptable. I mean, that's obviously rooted in truth for a lot of people, I think. And I think that we just needed way more time yeah. giving it to it to like fully flesh it out so that it wasn't truly like a little comedic how quickly it resolved. Completely. Yeah. There was a lot of, yeah, and a lot of stuff with Paul that felt kind of unearned. Like, when she's like, okay, I'm not going to work with you anymore. She, like, is saying it for the first, like, two-thirds of the movie. She's like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, well, I can convince you. And then the things he uses to convince her is to, like, blurt out an intimate fact about himself. Like, she doesn't know you, dude. This isn't compelling. <laughs> Like, for you to say, like, you're going to take over the sausage business isn't going to make her be like, you do deserve my help. Like, where? why do you think this is going to work? And why does it work? I know. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Yeah, because, like, in a classic Cyrano, you know, like, Cyrano is as invested in wooing you know the whole like with rock okay with Roxanne right he has the big <laughs> nose that's why he's using like the good looking fireman to like yeah speak for him because he's embarrassed of his nose but right. here it's like it's kind of opposite how we're introduced to it where it's like he needs her right and yeah. we find out she does kind of like her yeah yeah. You know? There were just too many things going on, I think. Like, they both yeah. loved her. She didn't have any friends. She was getting bullied because she was Asian. Her single was an immigrant who was, like, also very much grieving the death of his wife. And, like, they're all going to college soon, and it's a small town. And Everybody has to do the talent show. Mandatory for seniors. I was like, excuse me? Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, are there eight students and you're just looking to fill showtime? What is happening? I'm like, okay, I've never heard of a mandatory talent show, and that's fine. Maybe that happens, but I don't. Hey, if you don't want to do a talent show, make you perform if you don't want to perform. Yes. That is psychotic. Mandatory? It's gotta be like a hundred kids. That's insane. Mandatory talent. Yeah, I can't imagine how bad it would have been. We only saw Ellie's performance, but you know there were, you know, 60 kids who were like, I genuinely don't have a talent, but okay, I I guess you want to read a poem. I'm not that good at reading, but here it goes. It's like literally going into STEM next year. I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what would have been interesting if she had to like use him because she was too embarrassed to do her talent. She had to use him to do her talent. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that that moment and the moment where the guys drive by in their truck and are racist to her, and then Paul 
is a complete white savior and is like, hey, uh. you shouldn't say that. As if it's never occurred to Ellie to say, hey, I wish they wouldn't say that. Don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yell that at me. Yeah, I, I did like her reaction, though, in that scene. She was kind of like, what? <laughs> uh, yes. I did, I did think that uh, the girl that played Ellie was good. Yeah, I really liked her. Yeah. What else she's in? Yeah. And she did a good job of pretty. She was stunning, IRL. Yeah. Yeah. She's in Nancy Drew. I thought I recognized her. Push George, okay? Um, Okay. Okay. CW shows, Charmed, Good Doctor, some scenes, um, Fred 3, you know. So good. Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> if yeah. you look at half of it, all the related movies are lesbian movies. They're not Asian movies. That's interesting. Well, Life Partners is the first one. I guess I don't really know any of these other ones. Yeah. Love Life Simon. Partners. Yeah. So this wasn't even really um an Asian movie. Yeah. <laughs> And she and they really don't spend too much time on it, nor should they have to. But yeah, yeah and I think I mean I think like it was just a not it was kind of just like an in between mix of it, mm-hmm. which is like if you're not gonna that's fine and don't mm-hmm. then don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're gonna delve into some of it, I would like to see it like fully played out yeah yeah because it didn't it felt like she really came around to having some sort of security around her queerness towards the end of the movie it didn't feel like she really had a resolution or any change in relationship even with being asian yeah it was just kind of like people bullied her she had a hard time with her dad and then Mm -hmm. those things were still true at the end of the movie yeah uh, shout out to her dad for just doing a monologue in, I believe, Mandarin to Paul when Paul doesn't know what he's saying. I wonder if that was supposed to be like a spin on. Oftentimes, someone will just speak English to someone who doesn't speak English and then like be like, wow, you're a great listener. Thanks. Now I've realized this stuff. Like Nick does it with Tran oh. and Girl a lot. Um, and I'm sure there's other examples, but. All I ever think about is New Girl, <laughs> and I could pull up. But I think that's oh. such a trope, and maybe it's like a spin on that. Yeah. But maybe not. Yeah. I know. I think that's that's true. I didn't really know what to make of that scene, but I think you're right. I think that is a good spin on that. Yeah, that actor um, sometimes goes by. Oh, I gotta look this up. But he is a Singaporean actor slash, I believe, martial artist. Um, His name is Colin Chu or Chow, Um, Mm C-H-O-U. And he sometimes goes by Nai Sing. So I guess Colin Chu might be his, like, Western name that he uses for Western movies. But he's, like, a very accomplished martial artist, I guess. Wish they would have used that in the movie. Could have used to martial arts. Take down Paul. Yeah. Instead um, he was just a train conductor. Yeah. 
But he wasn't even. She did it for him. Yeah, he didn't do any of it. It's unfortunate what a perfect nickname Chugga Chugga Choo Choo is for someone whose name is Choo and works at a train station. It is, yeah. I would have called her that, too. I'm sure of it. I'm positive I would have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my friend, totally. for the listeners, my friend had a insane, racist, crazy roommate. Um and she watched this movie with her and unprompted while they watched the scene where they cut the girl's piano during the mandatory uh, talent show. Uh, she goes, that's not that bad. And then the, when my friend said, I don't know, I think it's kind of extremely racist. She said, well, no, yeah, it is. But I don't think it's that bad. I don't think I would have been bothered by it. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't. Oh, OK, you wouldn't have been bothered by it. That's great. <laughs> Wait, that's so woke of you. You wouldn't have been bothered if someone called you a white woman. Chugga, chugga, choo, choo. And I can't imagine you would be <laughs> affected by that. Racist doesn't mean it's bad. Okay, yeah, the piano. I'm like, how did they get into the strings? I don't know. I, I was like, how how did they do that? And then Paul steals a guitar from another student and slides it across the stage. That's not good for the guitar. Uh, I know. That kid was probably like, don't, just hand it to her. <laughs> My God. Are you kidding me? Just ask. I would have given it to her. Oh, my God. I spent, I worked all summer for that. <laughs> it's going to be out of tune. Also, oh if I were at a senior talent show, it's already long. Already all the acts are bad. One girl's piano gets cut, and she doesn't, she clearly, visibly doesn't want to be on stage. It's like, like, I wouldn't be like, we need to find another way for her to play that she's even less comfortable. I would be like, oh, great, she has an out, and now she doesn't have to do a song that she clearly didn't want to do. I know. The song was boring. (laughs) I hate live music. I've always hated live music, and with no exception. Uh, I hate yeah. a stripped-down acoustic version. I hate I it think, beyond words. <laughs> that's a hey, that's totally fair, and I think what we needed for that performance to work was to see the bad other acts, like see a couple bad acts, yeah. and then we could be like, okay, well she could sing, so there we go. Yeah. <laughs> or what we needed was a kind of uh, like not called vote for Pedro Napoleon Dynamite or like SNL performance of Star is Born or like <laughs> Last in the Fist Fight like Paul yeah. gets on stage with her and they play some sort of techno remix and they do a fun dance that would have been fun the solution fun. was not the solution to the awkward moment is not play a different awkward song that no one wants yeah hey that's fair I uh yeah that's talent show scene really was like I was confused but and based on the trailer I thought that music was more important <laughs> to her but it turns out yeah. it didn't matter to her at all yeah yeah look I think I think we watch um her first movie and check that out I think that uh yeah saving face I hear is great has a lot of um awards and accolades mm-hmm. with that one and i yeah i would like to see i think we get a little bit more um intersectionality 
um, which I would love to watch. And yeah, since it's not, you know, it's not my experience as an Asian woman, I would love to, I would love to watch and experience that through her movie. So I think that's what I was hoping for with this one and I didn't get. And I think there are a lot of good things in this movie. I think that like, Ellie and Aster do have like insane chemistry. I just wish that it was like we could see them together more. Yeah. And like I they do have like crazy good chemistry. I just wanted yeah. I wanted way more scenes. Yes. With yes. that. Completely. I I saw this movie before you did, and I was really excited for you to see it because I wanted to know if it nailed the small town thing. Or if that was close to your experience at all? Um, in terms of small town, I I think so. You know, the in terms of the way it looks, yeah, I think that's beautiful. And especially, like, small towns in, I guess it takes place in Washington, um, which I have a lot of family over there, and it does look like eastern Washington to me. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that was all lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way, I think the way she shot it, and I think she's a really good director because, mm. like, the way they shot it and she directed it was gorgeous. Yeah. I just think that I I just wanted more Asian representation yeah. aspect of it, I think. Yeah. More or less. Maybe. Or less, yeah. Or Depending on which yeah. way you're going to go. Yes, I do agree it was well-directed. I really liked the beginning. I get... I don't like it when a movie starts with, like, um, footage of the universe or outer space, and it has, like, a voiceover that is, like, such a quick way to lose me. And Uh they had a voiceover, but it had, like, a collage and, like, a papier-mâché sort of animation going on. Yeah, Yeah. that I was totally into. And I... Typically, I'm turned off by narration, especially at the beginning of something. But I thought it really, it was done with, like, good craftsmanship in this. Yeah, and, you know, I think the voiceover did set up the story well. Mm-hmm. With And I did like the quotes throughout the mm-hmm. movie, which I don't usually love quotes yeah. running throughout a movie. But I did think, like, it was kind of a nice, like sectioning of the movie I think and yeah. like section it it did well to like okay now here is this next part of the journey mm-hmm. which I kind of liked I, I thought it made sense for this kind of movie to do that I agree it made it and, look like a book more and they were yeah you know Ellie and Master were both really into books so it's true they love those books yeah yeah I think yeah I think the general like vibe and themes of the movie are really like heartwarming and beautiful Mm -hmm. and you like you do leave with a sense of hope I think like Alice Wu wants audiences Mm -hmm. to like when she's just you know riding off on the train yeah and alone and I think that's I think that's great I think that's a feeling that isn't really explored a lot is like when you do leave your small town and you're alone, mm-hmm. like it is such a, and I'm sure it's universal for any kid going off alone, leaving their town. But I think like small towns, especially it's like, you're so, 
you know everybody you know like every place in town yeah your whole life has been there and it's like pretty small and then you leave and you're like oh boy (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) what now so I yeah the FOMO of everyone everyone you've ever met staying and hanging out with each other and continuing this life that you can really easily picture because you have had to Mm -hmm. yeah I liked the ending a lot, and I liked a lot of the moments. They just didn't feel earned. Like, the, the, the thing after at the end, I was like, this is great. I don't really get where this is coming from, but I like it. I just wish it had been set up correctly, or just more. I know, I know. I just, I almost wonder if, like, if they had been friends, you know, or yeah. something. I don't know. We just, I just wanted, I just wanted so many more scenes with them, because I did think they had such great chemistry, and yeah. the characters, I, like, in if this was like a teen novel, I'd be like, yes, yes. I'm so rooting for these two. They're so cute, you know, but I think that it was just like, we only saw that one day when they were hanging out and Mm -hmm. then we see like the stolen glances and all of that. But, and then we get that big scene at the end, but I'm just like, Oh, I wanted so much more. Cause like, yeah. Cause the scene where Paul is running off with, you know, running with the train Mm-hmm. I'm like, great, oh, so Beautiful. sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally. I really like Paul. Like I yeah. was really rooting for his sausage taco. I <laughs> thought it was so sweet when Ellie had written letters to all the food critics about the sausage taco. Yeah, yeah. It like cheapened him to have him say be like homophobic for thirty seconds. I, I was like, that isn't who Paul is. I know. Yeah. I think it should have come from, like, if we're really going to lean into religious, then maybe it should have come from Aster or something. I don't know. And kind of shatter that illusion. Yeah, I don't know. Or her dad, yeah. I know, Paul. They're such good friends. Yeah. I think he would have been okay with it, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. You, You know, that could be some, you know, very true experience too if you yes. don't know that your your friend feels that way and it comes out that way and yeah and if you've never googled as being gay a sin you don't know that it's not exactly and if you exactly. think you don't know any gay people you're probably not going to google it thank <laughs> you yeah i just think like we needed to spend more time on some things and maybe less time on others yeah it just felt like a second draft like it just felt like it was like a rough draft of this movie things were kind of all over the place there was like a lot of really good stuff and yeah Yeah. i agree like it was shot beautifully there was substance it was tonally good the the ending was good it just felt kind of scattered or just like distracted but here's what i'll say too is that i really really want alice would make another movie like, I don't want her to have to wait 15 years from her first movie to now oh, to make a movie. And I think, like, it's great that it was on the blacklist. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much weight that carried but in getting it made. But I really, really hope she makes another one. Because I think, as a director, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, it's her second movie. And I think, mm-hmm. as a writer, she, she'll turn out some really, really amazing movies and and not to say that these aren't because i mean we haven't seen saving face yet and not to say like i still liked half of it i think yeah you know we're a little bit harder on it because we're you know looking for representation things to talk about 
Yeah. But I really hope she makes more movies and I, I look totally forward agree. to seeing them. I totally agree. And I, and someone I read was saying like to have it be like a queer minor like a queer woman of color or person of color be the person who is uh Cyrano like how has no one thought of this before? This is such a good idea. And it's it true. is. Yeah. It's a really good idea. So she obviously has like an eye for cool stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, think her I think her like storytelling is good. I think it's just yeah, we just needed a little more of some things that I think audiences nowadays are probably maybe when she wrote it, you know, audiences weren't like, let's see these two get together, you know, and see tons of scenes with them. So maybe that is it yes. could have been a product of when she wrote it too. Totally. Yes. And the like Asian, as we said last week with the crazy rich Asian, like it's moving the conversation of representation and like the level of nuance and it's moving so, so quickly that things are getting yes. dated almost instantly. It's I'm crazy. sure if this movie yeah. had come out two years ago, one year ago, we would have been like, this is perfect. This is awesome. We have <laughs> yes. got really quickly. Yeah. And I'm sure she wrote it at least a year ago. And at the time, it was, I'm sure, incredibly fresh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's just, it's truly insane, the renaissance we're living in for Asian American media. And it's like, we are getting so picky because there's now suddenly things to be picky about, which we didn't even have before. Totally. Things are moving at breakneck speed. If this had been a web series, we would have been all over it. (laughs) It would have been able to turn it out quick she wrote it absolutely yeah that web series turnaround baby mm-hmm. yeah but totally agree i hope she continues to make stuff so what would you give yeah. this gongs and ramen gongs and ramen okay i think i'll ramen is cultural right yeah like which ones like... <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> okay uh, um okay in terms of representation i'll give it a solid i think three and a half for now i would like to see saving face mm-hmm. and see how the intersectionality kind of plays out in that a little bit more mm-hmm. um yeah i think i'll give it a three three and a half Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd give it probably a three for gongs. Yeah, I think a three for gongs for me as well. So maybe a four for representation. I think it does it it. I think did markedly better in representation than it did in being a movie. But just mm-hmm. I know I spent the last forty minutes shitting all over it. Um, but. I'm sure there are people who are like, yes, this is exactly my experience. It wasn't mine, yeah. but, uh, you know, a diversity of experience amongst whatever. And I haven't seen that much queer Asian representation. And I haven't seen that much um, Asian small town representation. Hey, so that's I- true. Oh, I didn't even think about that. All right. I'll definitely give it a solid three and a half. Nice. Locked in. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I, I think any representation, as long as it isn't, like, long duck dong, is moving <laughs> forward. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and I think, like, 
you know, maybe there is something to be said, too, about the mix of representation here and that it wasn't fully, like, explored and it wasn't totally ignored, but it was, like, present in her life. And I yeah. think maybe maybe that's something to consider, too. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was done necessarily as gracefully as I would have liked, but the, yeah. like, raw materials were there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So thank you, Alice Wu. I'm, yes. I doubt I'll ever watch this movie again, but I'm glad to have seen it once. And yeah. My, her, my sister liked it more than I did. Okay. She's closer in age. To you know, she's fresh out of high school, and she and her friends. When I went to high school, no one was really out, and she's only three years younger than me. But when she went to high school, there was kind of a vibrant, at least lesbian or like queer girl uh, population at our high school. And so I think she and a lot of her friends identified with the movie a lot more than I did. Queerness was not really something I thought about in high school. Right. And so I could easily see this appealing more to people slightly younger than us yeah definitely um yeah we're just too old listen it was it wasn't of the times yeah yeah i mean yeah that's a good point i think uh especially in a small town maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i didn't you know we, I don't know, my town was pretty liberal, so we had a lot of friends that were out, but uh, I don't know their experiences, so I'm not sure how well this represents that, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, maybe I'm just too old, too old to understand what the kids what do the these kids? days. Yeah, who knows? I, I do truly feel that way a lot of times, because <laughs> I work with a lot of teenagers, and I'm like, and they'll say things, or they'll, like, last week somebody was talking about, like, Oh yeah, you just gotta flip the self here. I was like, the f- what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you What do you mean? What the hell are you saying to me right now? <laughs> TikTok passed me by 100%. Oh, I'm so mad that I had to sign up for one for work to no. like pull clips no. and stuff, and I was like, I don't understand what I'm looking at. I'm just gonna go and no. pull some videos that I'm seeing, but. <laughs> God, yeah, that one came and went for me. My sister will send me TikToks pretty regularly, but I don't, I don't understand. And I don't, I feel like such an old, she'll send it to me and I'll be like, when someone sends you like a Vine or a Twitter video, I usually will watch it more than once in a row because they're so short, but TikTok doesn't let you do it unless you have the app. And I just Uh. immediately feel like I'm trying to use like a digital camera and I'm 58. And then I'm like, what, I gotta open this? And then I'm like, what, do some like, download something? No. <laughs> auto-playing the next clip. Help! Uh, I know, like, don't, just, don't bother. <laughs> I'll just say, oh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And also, my sister will send me, I thought it was just, like, I thought it was Vine, basically. I thought it was only, mm. like, dancing or, like, sketches but then my sister sent me there was a girl who was like doing a list of like sustainable swimwear brands and I was like is this Instagram I don't understand is that 
Google's like you can find information on TikTok, and she's like, yeah, it's for everything, and I, I didn't understand it. Yeah, so I think maybe we were just too old and too conservative, and I <laughs> too to to appreciate the half of it. That hey, look, that, those things could very well be true. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm. Is it leftist or liberal? That's the wrong one. Leftist is the wrong one. I don't. I don't Who know. Knows? We're that though. We're the we're <laughs> we're Joe Biden in terms of this movie. <laughs> we're don't technically get me right started. <laughs> <laughs> but only just. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, tune in next time. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're gonna we'll be doing the bag. <laughs> yep, we'll whip up a great review for the Meg for you. So yeah. come on back. Yes. And uh, thanks for listening. Um, today that video of a white woman yelling at an Asian girl in Torrance came out, so be sure to check that out. <laughs> be sure to check that out, then immediately watch the make for next week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Half Asian, half hour. Half Asian, half hour.